Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Now we're sharing our conversations with you in this brand new leadership podcast. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm Rory Singleton, a principal in Hydrogen Struggles Industrial and Digital Practices. In today's podcast, From Racetrack to Real World, I'm speaking to Ian Rhodes by Skype. Ian is a CEO of McLaren Applied Technologies, one of three businesses in the world-renowned McLaren Group, famed for their Formula One racing team and high-end supercars. McLaren Applied Technologies not only develops cutting-edge technology for the automotive and motorsport industries, but equally takes many of the technologies and processes honed on the racetrack and helps apply these in other industries. This includes having expertise in product design, power and control electronics, as well as increasingly their capabilities in data and analytics that is helping to improve decision-making in a wide range of situations. Ian started his working life at Rolls-Royce Aero Engines, but spent much of his career at PA Technology, latterly PA Consulting, where he built up and led the technology and innovation practice in Cambridge, focusing on healthcare and life sciences businesses. During this time, Ian stepped out of the conventional consulting business a number of times and helped originate or turn around a number of new technology companies, including Chartex International, Powderject Pharmaceuticals, Meridica, and Agate Pharmaceuticals. Ian, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Hello, Rory. Ian, perhaps to start, can you talk us through a bit about McLaren Applied Technologies and, and what it is you actually do as an organisation? Yes. To begin with, the origins of McLaren Applied Technologies as a company and most of the technology and expertise we have today has all been born on the racetrack. In the mid-1980s Formula One turbo era, modern engine controls really took hold and McLaren created a leading solution. We were then persuaded to share this across the Formula One grid, resulting in the formation of a company called Tag Electronics. Tag Electronics was successful and grew and evolved into McLaren Electronic Systems, which then evolved into the McLaren Applied Technologies we are today. Today, we are leaders in capturing and digitizing data from unusual and challenging places, and we then use that data for the competitive advantage of our customers. As well as leading with sensing and telemetry technologies, we also supply the electronics and software into three different environments. Firstly, the closed-loop automated control systems that operate in real time, usually in safety-critical environments, for example, those at the heart of autonomous cars. is very active for us today. Secondly, we provide data analytics and visualization platforms to help people make better decisions faster. This is in near real time. We would example this by looking to second-screen decision support systems, for example, those used with air traffic controllers. Thirdly, a combination of in-silica mathematical models and physical simulators, which enable us to be able to bring data to life to drive a data-driven approach to designing new products and services. We call this design time. A good example of this is the work we're doing with new medical devices um, for intelligent orthopedic implants. 
We can do this with customers as a bespoke service, or we might sell one or more products from our extensive catalogue. And uh, we may also license one or more software platforms. So you as a, a company, your work is across a bewildering array of different industries. So, so what is the common value that you bring to those clients and that they, they value so highly? Well, since I took over as the CEO of Applied Technologies three years ago, we focused uh, very hard into four main industries, motorsport, automotive, public transport and health. And in that time, we've doubled the revenues of the business and increased the profitability. And what our customers and partners say is, is a common binding feature is the real drive for performance and the fundamental competitive advantage that we're able to bring to them through the ever-increasing abundance of data that they are facing. Helping them to understand that data um, is actually important and to get to the critical insights as fast as possible and get that critical insight into the right people's hands. Our customers, partners often talk about the fact that um, First of all, they're experiencing a different type of innovation culture uh, that we can bring and inject into their organizations. From the pace of the Formula One world, living by its two weekly cycles of having a race in a different part of the globe every fortnight, to the relentless challenge uh, of the status quo within the sport that is as important on the track as it is technically in the design labs between the races. To put the innovation race into perspective, Formula One cars are prototypes every weekend, every time when they go out and race. And from the beginning of the season in March to the end of the season in November, the car will be 70% different as a result of a number of different upgrades and improvements through the season. Secondly, um, we give our customers the experience of working closely with our people who are used to being under a lot of pressure for a period of time such as the race itself where they have been bombarded by a vast quantity of data where they need to be able to rapidly identify the nuggets that really matter um, at any moment in time and the third thing our customers talk about is the portfolio of technologies and products and tools that we already have pre-developed for this this data world that they are ready to be deployed and they can help them to rapidly get to a point of value. And just picking up on one of those points, if I can, you talk about your clients valuing your innovation culture. And, and just bring that to life for us. Is that the, the pace of operation that you bring? Or, or how exactly do they define and actually experience your innovation culture? So what customers feel uh, is an exposure to our people and an immersion in our environment uh, here in Woking, uh, we have a unique uh, McLaren technology center where people can experience and understand what goes on behind the scenes in a race weekend. And they get to, I think, understand the eye-opening exacting detail of the lengths that we might go to in order to secure an ongoing marginal gain. Um, in a in a Formula One race, which could last um, about uh, 90 minutes, our team will be performing several hundred thousand race simulations during that period of time to constantly update our view of what's likely to happen and to navigate to the best possible outcome. So 
speaking personally, what I've found as I've got closer to to our people is that there is a there's a relentless journey that uh, we take our customers on to help them to really get to the heart of their problem and to help them to solve their problem. In Formula One, that's relatively straightforward. It's very clear whether you are the fastest car or not. It's very public whether you are winning or not each weekend. And you effectively have one simple customer. It's a driver. Um, If you can take the purity of thought that that world drives through an engineering organization of 600-odd people, customers can find that very refreshing. I can well imagine. And and in recent times, there's been a lot of press about the fact that you are going into partnership with Deloitte. Can you just tell us about um, that new entity and, and what is it actually you're bringing together and uh, seeking to achieve together? Yes. Uh, our two firms are collaborating. Uh, we're jointly investing to build a portfolio of data-driven business products. These draw on McLaren's expertise in the form of engineering, sensors, simulation, analytics. And we couple with Deloitte's expertise in the digital world with a lot of analytics experience themselves and a large global consulting organization. The partnership is going to create digital products and platforms that we can use and reuse to solve some very complex industry-wide challenges, improving the performance of Deloitte's clients' businesses. The products will combine specialist hardware and software with sophisticated algorithms. So what we're aiming to do is to bridge the physical to digital divide by helping organizations make sense of data to digitize the analog world of business. And then once you've captured that data from the physical sensors to create a sophisticated digital record, enrich that record, um, do analytics on that record, um, take advantage of machine learning where it's appropriate and deliver information in an automated and effective way. Even though we're at the very early stages of the partnership, we've already had a number of advanced conversations and are moving into contracting with our first few customers, um, one in public transport sector, around the performance of predictive systems for airport operations, and one for advanced production optimization tools for a major manufacturer um, of pharmaceuticals so that they can best balance the guaranteeing of supply whilst optimizing their inventory and yields. You'll understand that at this early stage, I can't mention specific customers' names as we've only launched the partnership three months ago and uh, we haven't finalized the first few contracts with customers yet. Fully understood. Um, And and I'm fascinated by that, uh, the data analytics to accelerate and enhance decision-making. So can you talk us through, not those specific customers, but uh, can you talk us through some of the more cutting-edge uses you're seeing in the market? Yes. Um, So Formula One taught McLaren uh, about the use of large quantities of data about 20 years ago. And And in very simple terms, what we do is we turn the problem on its head and we look at it through the other end of the telescope. Um, We spend a lot of time ruthlessly analyzing exactly what problem it is that we're trying to solve and why we're trying to solve it. We then use historic data to build models and simulations, physical ones if we need to, um, of the connected systems and processes around the environment where that problem occurs. 
we then use models to work out exactly what data we need and where we need it from and when we need it to be able to address the problem that we've identified that we want to solve. We can then design and prototype a system, build wire models and wireframes, um, and then feed that that model with real-time data. One of the one of the most important things that we've learned is we've become very experienced at filtering data at the edge of the network and ensure that we intelligently dump maybe 99% of the data that we're actually initially collecting and that we don't transmit all of that to the center and overload the analytics engine. By embedding with our partner teams and applying this way of thinking together with the different tools and technologies that we've got in our in our warehouse, we're able to get to robust, industrialized, scalable products quickly for our customers. And, and so when thinking about this increasing digitization of traditional industries and indeed the use of data to drive business decisions, what is the impact you're seeing around leadership or on leadership? And thinking forward, what does a successful leader need to do to be prepared for the years to come? The, the digitization of industry means that many of the old established rules and boundaries no longer apply. For example, traditional ways organizations have worked with their customers is clearly changing. Um, successful leaders in years to come will need to remain, I think, more open-minded and agile than they've had to in the past about their thinking and their behavior to remain at the forefront and to be able to spot the next best opportunities to take advantage of. Digitization opens the doors so that you're able to do more and better for your customer. And if you don't, your competitors will. Um, and that work that you do, that value that you offer to that customer will often be in quite different ways. A common example I think we're all seeing a lot of is the servicization of traditional manufacturing businesses and the blurring of whether you're a manufacturing business or a service business. Data enables that whole theme to accelerate and it enables people to make more decisions better and faster and how I think we have to constantly challenge ourselves and say how can I best use this information or the potential information that's available to me for my current customers and who might my customers be in the future I would hesitate to offer generalized leadership advice but I think one thing that I've constantly been brought back to and reminded of in my work is is that it's always all about people um, so planning for success and constantly building and upskilling your own leadership team so that it's got enough bandwidth and it's got enough intelligence to be able to maintain the flexibility to be agile um, and constantly refreshing the people around you that you're working with the networks of partners and suppliers so that you remain connected with the best possible people. And are there examples of companies um, that you think have actually already made that transition uh, effectively? And what, what, is the, what are the things that they did to actually make that leap? Yes, there are a number of examples that I can mention publicly. Um, GSK has been a, a, a large, important partner for a number of years, and we've worked with them across the end-to-end -end pharmaceutical life cycle. Um, right from new drug discovery and R&D through to manufacturing the product itself. Right now, um, for example, a clinical trial to better understand the progression and patient impact of motor neurone disease is just coming to an end. We've worked with GSK to deploy innovative biotelemetry in that study 
uh, for the remote collection of data from patients in a free living environment so that GSK can gain a much deeper and objective understanding of the disease and how that impacts the day-to-day -day lives rather than simply taking periodic measurements in a clinic. At the other end of the pharmaceutical process, we've worked with GSK to deploy technology solutions to optimise the performance of the global manufacturing and supply chain. A real example of how this involves predictive intelligence deployed directly into the manufacturing process so that the manufacturing line has its own predictive capabilities. Another good example, um, specialised bikes, a series of class-leading e-bikes has been the visible output of our long-term partnership. But the real impact of our work has been in the adoption of a whole new data-driven approach um, to specialised core processes, which is the design of a bike. Using the tools that we have developed, specialised is now able to predict the performance and ride a feel of a new bike before it has been physically built. In this way, we can innovate in a tighter and more efficient low-risk loop. And this enables specialised to get ahead of their competitors. And since we've deployed these tools for them, they are now able to use them without us and are on record as saying at one point that they'd learned more about bike design working with us in the last six months than they had learned in the previous 10 years. And that's simply taking the Formula One car design and development process that's been used by all the leading teams for the last 10 years or so and are pivoting it into a completely different industry. The third example is work that we've done with air traffic control at um, Heathrow through a proof of concept second screen decision support system. We found that using real data on any given day, different decisions made during the first two hours of the day could yield a 7 to 12% performance improvement in flight operations throughout the rest of that day. Gosh, and uh, Ian, in terms of those organisations, was there an inflection point that they commonly had or is this just all of them are on their own journey and there was a, they, they all realised that they needed to change? Uh, they're, all on, they're all on a journey of their own. They're all obviously facing uh, competition uh, in GSKs and specialised cases. And I think in the Heathrow case, it's just an ongoing challenge to, to try to get more from less. And I think that different organisations with different leaderships are seeing that the expert use of data in a very, very targeted and focused way uh, can be applied to their businesses and their organizations and operations um, at different times. Some organizations are, are maybe spotting it and seeing the opportunity to grasp it sooner than others. Others are seeing that uh, or feeling they need to put the emphasis on something else um, and hence they don't necessarily take these advantage of these opportunities as quickly. Indeed. And just looking back through your career, uh, you've clearly had a huge amount of exposure to uh, innovation and and indeed incubating innovation both with your time I suspect at McLaren but also beforehand whether that be in consulting life or indeed actually joining some of these high growth small in, uh, entrepreneurial businesses if you had to pick just one lesson that you believe has been the most impactful in terms of driving and supporting innovation what would that be? Picking one lesson um, very very difficult um, in, in, in isolation so let me let me give you two two or three. I think 
the first lesson, something that we've mentioned a number of times already in this conversation, which is being really, really clear about the problem that you're trying to solve and why you're trying to solve it. I can remember working on projects earlier in my career where we might have spent 80% of the effort and the resource getting clear on exactly what, what the problem was or why we were trying to solve it. And the remaining 20% of the, the resources and effort and time was all that was needed to actually solve the problem once we were completely clear on what we were trying to do and why. Secondly, I'd come back to the, the point that it, it is all all about people and that innovation is a team sport. So to never lose sight of this and to make sure that you are building a team environment, removing any obstacles to that, in particular people that don't want to join the team, don't want to get on the bus and support the sort of prima donnas who need to be taken out at all costs. The all-black rugby team um, has a specific term for this. They refer to these sorts of people as dickheads. And the removal of those people to enable you to achieve a team environment is absolutely critical. To have people trusting, you've got to have people covering each other's backs. And thirdly, um, I think it's important to give enough space to work and breathe to the team. There needs to be boundaries and frameworks, but making sure that there is enough space within those boundaries for a team to be able to operate freely and to make some of their own mistakes. Innovation needs space, but it does also need constraints. It needs those boundaries. The powerful forces of innovation need something to push up against to be able to create the equal and opposite reaction. Ian, thank you. Uh, that has provided a fantastic insight into the exciting world of McLaren applied technologies today, but, but also in terms of the evolving application of analytics and data science. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time. <laughs>